Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Doing a little line juggling today. I'm going to be your host, Andrew Gillis. Muhammad Ahmad has the day off. Happy to be joined, as always, by Mike Nislik. Mike, how are we doing? I'm good. How are you, Andrew? Good. I, I think this is the second podcast that we've done, just the two of us. So uh, do I have that right? Yes. So hopefully we don't screw it up too bad. Uh, we do have some fun stuff to talk about for you today. Um, you're going to go through Duke Tobin's upcoming press conference. It's going to be the last time he addresses the media before the NFL draft next week. Uh, that press conference is going to be Thursday at 1 p.m. as we record this mid, mid-afternoon mid Wednesday. Uh, we're going to talk about the draft, going to talk about some other fun stuff. Uh, but before we do, want to remind you guys to sign up for our Strictly Stripes newsletter. You can go to cleveland.com slash Bengals, click the blue banner at the top of the screen. That is going to be how you get all of your Bengals analysis, all of your Bengals info. It's going to be sent right to your email inbox on uh, on every morning. So, you know, it's a good way to keep up with the Bengals, good good way to keep up with what we're doing. Uh, and what's going on is a lot of the draft stuff. Um, so, like I said, you know, I think tomorrow's press conference is – it's an interesting press conference at this time of year because coaches and GMs are, you know, never really willing to be very forthcoming at that point. Um, you know, it's – a week before the draft, you don't want to give away too much. But there are some things to gleam. So I'm going to give Mike the easiest layup in the history of layups here. Um, Duke Tobin's going to be talking. What is the number one thing that you are looking for that you want to know about what's going on with the Bengals right now? Well, I mean, yeah, sure, you want to know what's happening with Joe Burrow's extension, but you're not going to probably get an answer or at least a clear mm-hmm. one. I guess I'd try to phrase it this way, um, and he still probably wouldn't answer but, but when uh, when fall camp rolls around in in August, late early August, late July, how many contract extensions do you will you have handed out um, to like your expected free agents, future free agents? So that could include T. Higgins, Logan Wilson, Joe Burrow. Um, you know, because he said the priority at the NFL Combine was locking up players to uh, you know the homegrown talent to to deals. And they have not done that as of yet. And I think Jonah Williams is probably out of the equation. Um, so, you know, like, does he expect more than one? Does it? Does he expect any? Like, what? I don't know how he would phrase the answer to that. I mean, he'd probably uh, deflect and say, we hope we have, you know, we hope we lock up guys. But, um, you know, not just Joe Burrow. I mean, I, I think you have to be done kind of looking at, at that in a vacuum. I think what's the future of this kind of core of this group that was drafted in, uh, you know, 20 and 21? Um, how are they, cause you know, Chase is going to come up here quickly. Like how, how much are you trying to actively get done here uh, before the season starts? Yeah. So I guess, I mean, so I guess you're saying the question to Duke is so Duke over under one and a half extensions that are signed by guys no, who are going to be free agents. I would say one and a half, right? Cause you kind of expect yeah, yeah. one. Right. You said, I thought you said just half. So I would say one and a oh, half. Oh, no, one and a half. Yeah. I would oh, say okay. over, under one and a half. One and a half. Yeah. I, I, essentially, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, if you want to have fun with it, I don't know how I would take that. But um, yeah. I mean, and I think it's a fair question. I think it's a good question because I, I think that the, this core of this team, um, you know, is it Burrow and then that, there's nothing else and not everybody's playing? You know, because I think it's hard for those players too. I think it frames the season uh, for a T. Higgins, for Logan Wilson. If they have to go through, you know, the, the next season without any sort of future stability. Yeah, you know, and I think with the Burrow stuff, I, you know, I think you're right. He's there. 
it's a hard conversation to have because he's obviously not going to want to be, oh, we're almost done and, you know, it takes another two months and then he just kind of gives everybody false hope, false promise. Um, you know, I, I do think, you know, the the question that I would want to know is, do they want to have this wrapped up by a certain date? Um, you know, I was looking the other day, Josh Allen signed his extension like August 6th or something of 2021. Um, you know, I would have to go through it and kind of look at, you know, some of the other big quarterback contracts that have been handed out. But, you know, is there is there a benefit to getting it done at a particular time? You know, is there a benefit to getting it done the Wednesday before the draft, the day that everybody reports to training camp, the middle of training camp where everybody's kind of been, you know, stuck in, you know, stuck in a rut. It's hot. Everybody's tired. You know, do you do it then? Do you want to do it before week one? I'm curious as to if there's kind of a timing there that if you want to get that done. Am I crazy for saying that? Like, am I crazy for thinking that, that, you know, there's well, a benefit to having be it done at a certain day? I think his answer will be just as quickly as we can get it together. Oh, I yeah. um, and I think you've said on this podcast previously that you think they'll do it like right before training camp as yeah. like a momentum builder, um, you know, build it into the kind of the, the PR of it all um uh you know make it make it a big deal and um you know try to make a splash right before the season starts which i mean there's makes some sense if you're not if things aren't eminent in may but you're going to get it done i mean yeah i guess it would wait you know everybody's in town and um you know that that could make some sense it's just it's hard to say um you know they've they've got kind of all the free agency done they've got the amount of money they need for the draft so does it impact anything this year i mean if it, if it happens in May, could they sign somebody that gets released after the draft? You know, do they need some extra money? Um, but those things maybe remain unseen because you don't know who's got, what the roster moves are, right? You don't know right now. They might not want anybody. But, um, you know, it, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I think it wouldn't hurt to have it done now so you have uh, maybe some extra money to operate with. But if he feels he has that anyway, um, it might not make any sort of material difference whether it happens today, tomorrow, or in three weeks. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, to segue, I think there's that kind of goes for Joe Mixon as well. Um, you know, I think when you when you talk about his kind of future, you know, I'm going to have a story going up for uh, for our website, Cleveland.com slash Bengals. You know, I think it's, you know, not I think I don't think it's unfair to say that his future is going to be decided here, you know, in the next 10 days. If, you know, if the Bengals go through the draft and, you know, I know uh, Mike has, you know, on our, on, our, on his mock drafts have been, you know, really, really in on uh, Zach Charbonnet. And, you know, there, if you kind of look at, you know, Bengals fans on Twitter, everybody kind of always wants that running back, you know, round two, round three. There's there's Zach Charbonnet. There's Roshan Johnson from Texas. Uh, there's Israel Abanacanda from Pitt. Like they're, they're, and I really like that kid. But there, there's guys that are, you know, everybody's, everybody has a guy. And I think if you get one of those guys – it makes it a lot easier to move on from Joe Mixon. Um, so I'm curious as to what he has to say there, just because, again, you're talking about a running back who, you know, he wasn't outrageously productive in, in the 2022 season. And, uh, you know, he's carrying a cap number of 12.7. That's a lot of money. You know, I know some people have talked about, you know, the Bengals are expected to give him a, a pay cut or, you know, outright release him. But I frankly, I think that depends on what happens in the draft, just because, again, if, if you don't end up with a guy who you think can be the number one running back, you know, Mike's made this point a lot on this podcast. Look, this team wants to win a Super Bowl, and you can't go in with a ton of question marks. You know, I guess running back is the one position where you might feel okay about it. 
but you just don't want to go into a year with that many question marks. So I'm curious kind of what he's going to say about that, because obviously the, the off the field stuff has got to get settled as well with Joe. There's just, there's just a lot going on there. Yeah. They refuse to comment at every step of the, uh, the, his, his off the field issues and, and court issues about that, other than to say they're aware of it. I don't think that would change, even though he's, uh, you know, he pleaded today, um, you know, as this moves slowly forward through the courts. Um, you know, I think you'd feel uh, more confident that they'd be ready to release him if they had signed another running back. Like, okay. what if there's nobody available in the first two rounds of the draft um, and you don't get anybody? How do you release him? Uh, you know, because if you ask him to take a pay cut or get released, you have to release him if he doesn't take the pay cut. But they have no real backup option at this point. Um, and it might not happen in the draft, right? Like if you don't get a running back to the fourth round, that's awfully dicey to sort of say we're going to roll with Travion Williams, Chris Evans, and a fourth-round draft pick. Um, you know, uh, Travion Williams has, what, like 40 career carries? I think I, ha- I wrote in a story the other day. Something like uh, that, yeah. Some, it might even be less. might be like 26. Um, but not a lot. And and Chris Evans, obviously, is that, that same boat. So, um, you, you know, you didn't sign anybody. Uh, I don't know what the running back pool will look like in a couple of weeks if there's going to be anybody available. I, I think it would be awfully tough, even though I think Mixon will start kind of uh, you know, hitting that plateau or even going down here at, at age 27 in a couple of months. Um, I still don't think you can do that with the roster you have built right now, release them outright uh, with no sort of backup option. And, and I mean, there's not, other than B, B. John Robinson, you can't really, I mean, I guess Gibbs in the first round are really the two guys that would maybe make sense in the first round, but Gibbs would be a sort of a reach at 28. Um, so, I mean, it, it's tough. I, I, they'd have to. They'd have to get a, a running back in the first two rounds, and there, there's only like a handful of guys I feel like that you could take and maybe do that and, and cut Mixon out, right? Yeah, and, and you know, there's. I think you know we talk about this with the Bengals, but you can also kind of look at this, you know, from a other 31 teams perspective. I mean, I can't imagine that the Chiefs or the Bills or you know any team in the division or anybody like that is going to be you know really chomping at the bit to help the Bengals out, but. You know, you know, you you kind of look around and say, okay, well, seen the Commanders get linked to Bijan Robinson. Like, could they actually take a running back? And if the Commanders take Bijan Robinson, they've got two third round running backs. They got a guy they drafted last year, Brian Robinson, uh, in the third round. They've got a guy that well, twenty twenty they drafted Antonio Gibson in the third round. Like, there there are options there. So I think you know, you also kind of have to look at, you know, hey, is does another team? now have a surplus at running back. So, you know, maybe the Bengals do add a fourth round running back and then you get another one. You can do it after the draft. Right. You got to do it after the draft. I mean, a couple of weeks after once you see where the cuts are, I mean, or wait till camp to try to bring somebody in. But I don't, I don't think you could, you can't do it if you don't have the the capital and they're, they're running rooms thin right now to begin with. So it's not like they, they didn't obviously Samaj, like if Samaj had resigned and you resigned Travion, and you drafted a fourth rounder, maybe you roll with that and say Mixon's gone, right? Um, but they didn't, and they have only three running backs and only one with any sort of substantial experience. So it's a thin room to begin with, and a rookie doesn't necessarily make it like, I mean, how much confidence do you have in a rookie, uh, Travion and Chris Evans going into next season? That's awfully tough uh, for a team with those kind of expectations. If you're rebuilding, yeah, you, that's fine, but that, that's not where this team is at. 
but I also don't think you want to roll in with two running backs either. That's yeah. The, the running back position is, is an interesting one uh, for this team. Just be, it feels weird, you know, just because this team does pass the ball so much that, you know, you've got probably the best receiver trio, if not definitely the best receiver trio in the league, you know, so it feels sometimes, feels sometimes weird to talk about what they're going to do at tight end or what they're going to do at running back. But uh, I, I guess that's a nice, another segue for us. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about Burrow, we've talked about Mixon, uh, Mike, you know, wh- what other things are you looking for? Um, you know, I know, and again, we're, we're not expecting Duke to be the most forthcoming, uh, not, you know, I would, I would, I would venture to guess all 32 NFL GMs kind of have the same mentality at this time of year. You know, they don't want to be too too open about anything. But, you know, what are some things that you would like to hear from him just in terms of what can inform you about the next couple of months? Well, I mean, I guess with draft specifically, um, I you know, he said he hates trading up. Like, mm-hmm. is has that philosophy, now that they're closer to a Super Bowl, um, softened at all? Like, What's the point? I mean, I understand draft capital is important. You know, teams value it very, very, very much. But, like, if you traded a future first-round pick this year to get a B. John Robinson or something or or, or do something like that, um, it, you know, not with that name specifically, but if you could, tra- it, would he be more open to trading a future first-round pick or future draft capital than he has in past years because the team is so close to um, being – you know, in the conversation for getting back to the Super Bowl and has reached the AFC Championship back-to-back years, this is a different kind of team that he's had. Should his draft stance change a little bit, and should he be more open to doing things than maybe he didn't do in the past? Yeah, that that's an interesting point, um, you know, because you, you look at the last two years. I mean, they're picking 28 this year, you know, 2022, they picked 31st. But then the years before that, 21, they picked 5th. 20 they picked first, 2019 they picked 11th. You know, they're not picking, the, or you would assume, if, if they do, something has gone terribly wrong in Cincinnati, but they're not going to be picking high at, uh, you know, really at any point you would assume for the next decade. You know, if they get into the top 10, like I said, something terrible has gone wrong for the Bengals. So I, I think that's a good point. I am curious, you know, I, I mean, I don't, know, I don't even think it's moving up for a Bijan. I think if you're going to move up there, you're moving up there for a tackle, you know, and and then you definitely move on from Jonah. You're moving on for a. You're moving up for a pass rusher. You know, somebody. Was, you know, yeah, a position of value. Game. It wasn't necessarily tied yeah, to him. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Somebody in the sort of 15s that that you know, like that. I, him, he's kind of the perfect example of number wise, where I think that they could. Like, I don't think they can get into the top 10, but they could maybe no. get to 15, where yeah. Robinson sort of been projected, or Miles Murphy, I think, would be another name that's sort of like around there. That um, you know, would I think. Both of those guys, I think, could be impact players for them. I, I got, for an impact player, not necessarily insert name here is what my, my point was. But, yeah, no, I, I think you take a swing, and, you know, could he see himself doing that, um, whereas he, he's loath to do it. And I did that, how the dra- Bengals have fared in the first round for this morning. And when you kind of go back to when they were drafting later during that stretch of um, five straight wild card appearances, he didn't exactly hit it out of the park with those sort of 20-ish picks you know there was no uh you know real uh home runs there and i know he said he likes the flexibility but you know at some point you got to kind of you know find those impact players and you know we'll see uh about dax hill still um but you know 
I think now's the time to, to make a move like that. I don't think it sets you back with, with if you traded next year's first round pick. Interesting. Cause you know, I think you could also kind of make, you could also kind of make the counter argument, you know, do you trade back, you know, or you sit, if you're sitting there at 28, if you can pick up an extra, you know, you're probably not picking up a second if you move back from like 28 to, you know, 32 or something like that, or 31. But, you know, if you move back from 28 to 35, you know, maybe you're picking up a third and a fifth. So I, I would have to look at the trade chart because um, typically those things are pretty accurate. But, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, the draft strategy thing is interesting, um, you know, and kind of with that, I think that obviously the Jonah Williams discussions are going to be interesting. You know, Zach Taylor the other day, you know, he, he kind of gave us, I think, a precursor to kind of what we're going to hear, you know, for, for Jonah Williams for, you know, for, I mean, from maybe now until maybe next February, who knows, um, you know, Zach didn't want to talk about the private conversations that he had with Jonah Williams, um, you know, which obviously we, I think we totally get and we totally respect, but, you know, I am curious kind of where they stand with Jonah. Uh, you don't have to say what you said, but I would, I am curious, you know, specific what you said specifically, but I am curious what the, you know, what the tone of that conversation was, you know, is, is Jonah okay with playing right tackle now? First off, how is his injury? How is his injury recovery coming along? There's a lot going on with Jonah, so I think the Jonah stuff is interesting as well, Mike. Yeah, well, I mean, just first off, have they talked? I mean, yeah, he, sure. Play the private conversations. I mean, if they haven't had a conversation, that speaks volumes. Um, but I mean, ultimately, he doesn't have a lot of leverage, so I see it as like. I mean, it's really the, in the Bengals' court to decide what they want to do with Jonah Williams, whether he's disgruntled uh, or not. You know, uh, what is he going to do, sit out? I mean, I, that's a lot of money to sort of waste with no future contract. Um, you know, he doesn't really have any leverage there. Um, so um, I'm less interested in that than I am some of the other stuff going on. I think, obviously, those, you know, T. Higgins and, and Mixon and things like that, I think Jonah's just kind of, He's going to play with them if they want, and he's not if they don't. And right now, they they've said they do, um, and which I understand. I think that's the smart thing um, to do. Yeah, yeah. Jonah's entering the last year of his rookie deal. His cap number is going to be twelve point six million dollars. Uh, so that's certainly going to be fascinating to monitor. Like Mike said, you got the T. Higgins co- uh, contract extension. Uh, you know, you got uh, obviously to a lesser extent than Burrow and Higgins. Uh, and no disrespect to Logan Wilson, but you've got the Logan Wilson contract talks. You know, have they started talking? Um, you know, there's injury recovery stuff with Lael Collins and, you know, cornerback Chidobi Wuze. I know Mike uh, wrote a story the other day about Chido kind of saying that he's feeling better, he's feeling good. Um, so I think that that could kind of play into draft stuff. But we're going to talk about that more when we come back on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Welcome back to the Strictly Stripes podcast. Uh, doing a little draft talk, talking about Duke Tobin and his upcoming press conference. But before we get into more of that, uh, we're going to let Mike Nislick tell the folks about subtext. Mike, yeah, join our subtext. Um, you know, you can get free trial, uh, which is the perfect time uh, with the draft here uh, coming up uh, next Thursday. Uh, you can get, you know, hear directly from us. We'll be in the building, um, and we'll be texting out updates throughout the the, the whole weekend. Um, so you can get it directly from us uh, when the news breaks, uh, quotes from uh, all the important players, and, and, and it's a direct way to communicate us, ask questions that um, you, you know, you're curious about or, or want us to see us maybe ask uh, out there. I mean, it's a good way to sort of have one-on-one access with uh, the whole Cleveland.com Bengals team. And so if you sign up, um, you get a free trial, 
uh, continue on uh, for I think four ninety nine a month. So it's not all that expensive. Um, you know, a way to sort of interact with us and and have some fun. Yep, and you can sign up by cleveland.com slash Bengals, clicking on the blue banner. Uh, it's going to take you right there. It's very easy to sign up. It's also very easy to unsubscribe if you don't like it. So you're not going to be looped in anything. You're not going to be caught, uh, but you're you're going to stay along. We uh, we know you will. It's a good time. Uh, and, you know, one, one of those things that we're going to be talking about on subtext, I'm sure, is, uh, is the draft, like I said. And, you know, we, we've talked so much over the last couple of weeks, couple of months about okay, well, here's this defensive back that we really like, or, you know, here's kind of the philosophy. And we kind of touched on that a little bit in the first half of the show. But, you know, Mike, I'm curious with you, with, with now with the draft, you know, almost a week away, you know, what, what are some things that you would, you know, kind of set as an ideal draft? Is there one particular thing or a couple different things that you would kind of identify as saying, you know, if the Bengals do this, you know, I'm going to be feeling really good about where they're at, and Bengals fans should be feeling really good about where they're at going into uh, going into the month of May. Well, I think I've maintained throughout that I think they need a tight end and they need a running back in the first three rounds, um, and they need to use all three of those packs, uh, those picks, to find a potential impact players for this fall. So not guys that are, are developmental prospects where you say, "Oh, this first round pick could be good in two years with the right coaching." I, I think you need to avoid that on the day. Uh, one or two, and sort of uh, focus on getting guys that could, if needed, step into the starting lineup or pretty close to it. You know, get get a significant amount of ha- be able to handle a significant amount of reps uh, right off the bat. I mean, names wise, I mean that's kind of crazy. You know, you, you never um, it's it's impossible. But I think just the the concept of finding using those three rounds uh, with a very specific focus in mind. Yeah, you know, Mike and I have kind of we, we've kind of disagreed from from Jump Street on this about you know where you stand with the draft. I think you know I, I've always kind of been team best player available. You know, even if that player, you know, if you're taking an Andrew Voorhees in the third or fourth round, you know, a player who's recovering from ACL surgery, I think you know you can do that. And oh, he's an offensive tackle, by the way. You know, I think you can do that. But yeah, I, you know, best player available has kind of always been you know where I've stood on that. Um, you know, I, I do think you need to you need to add talent to this roster just because. You know, like I said, this team is going to get more expensive very, very quickly. And, uh, you know, I think the best way to kind of, you know, the best way to elongate the window and, you know, keep kind of going with uh, with the talent that they have and the success that they've had the last two years is, you know, to get as much talent in here as you, po- as you possibly can. And you get it, you know, if you draft an offensive tackle in the second round, so be it. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, you got to stick to your board. But, you know, specifically, I do think at some point during the draft, uh, you do need to upgrade your pass rush. Um, you know, we, we've talked about kind of the the problems that have gone on there in terms of getting after the quarterback last year. Uh, they didn't really do a very good job of it. And I just think, you know, we, when you kind of look at the future of this team, you know, DJ readers going into a contract year, uh, you know, if, you know, he's a massive, massive presence, both, you know, physically and what he brings to the defense, um, you know, so you, you need a guy who, uh, who can play that role in the middle because you kind of saw – that they suffered a little bit when he was out, but you know Trey Hendrickson's going to be making seventeen and a half million dollars in twenty twenty four, and you know Sam Hubbard's going to be making over ten million dollars. So you know you're committing almost thirty million dollars to you know your two defensive ends, and you know you're committing another almost eleven million dollars to BJ Hill. There's there's questions that you I think would have with pass rush. So you know to me I think pass rush is probably the biggest thing. Um, you know frankly because you can roll out Jonah Williams if Jonah Williams is going to play. And, uh, you know, assuming he's going to be uh, in the lineup. So, you know, I think you've got to add a pass rush. 
I, I think a tight end, a tight end has become less of a need. I would like to see them add one. I think that that could really, you know, add some competition in the tight end room, whether or not it's, you know, Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid in round one, or, you know, whether or not it's, you know, a guy in the sixth round. I, I think that, you know, there are options there, but I think you need some kind of youth at the position because, again, Drew Sample, one-year deal. Irv Smith, one-year deal. You don't want to really be doing this song and dance for a few years. Uh, running back, I'm less bullish on. Uh, I know it sounds crazy because um, I do think you need an upgrade, but I just think an opportunity is going to present itself. Um, you know, I, I'm not – I think you need a running back, but I don't think you need to over overdraft one. So I guess that would kind of be my don't. So it's a do get a running back, don't overdraft one. Uh, you know, if Bijan's gone, you know, Jameer Gibbs at 28. I don't know about Jameer Gibbs at 28. Um, so I don't know. I, I think you need one, but uh, yeah, I, you don't need one till later. So th- there's a lot of ways that this can go. But, you know, one of the, the questions that I really wanted to ask Mike was we've, like I mentioned, we've debated this for, for weeks now. Uh, and, you know, we hope you've been listening to all of them. But it, I've kind of taken the approach of, Draft best player available. If you think the best player available at 28 is a receiver, take him because you never know what could happen. And Mike's approach has kind of been, look, this team is as good as it's ever going to be, or at least as most talented as it's ever going to be. You know, you got you to gotta go for it now. So I guess my question is, is there a way to do both, do you think? Is there a way to kind of boost the short term, get yourself as prepared as possible for making a run in the 2023 season while also kind of filling some needs, backfilling some needs to where, you know, next year rolls around when the cornerback room, you know, when that, uh, when you have some questions there, the linebacker room, is there a way to do both of those things and feel good about having the best of both worlds? Well, if you don't miss at any of your <laughs> prospects, then you don't have to redraft them next year, right? Or sign a free agent. <laughs> so I mean, like, don't miss. <laughs> but I, I, one, I one question I, I I wanted to ask you: tight ends, kind of the talk, right? And that's been right. kind of the, the thought. And, and and fans, I think, would love to see uh, Michael Mayer uh, or Meyer. I don't, was it Mayer? May I say Mayer? It's Mayer, yes. Mayer, okay. Because last well, time it's just yeah. I mean, what, what was just have him do like the Michael Myers bit? Michael Myers. Him. Yeah, exactly. But if he was available, would you be shocked if the Bengals passed on him? That's a good question. Um, I think I would need more context there in, in terms of who's on the board. Um, that's a weak answer. That's a that's a I know. I, I know. I and he's the uh, best available player. <laughs> he's the, he, how about he's in the top five or top three of it best available players? Maybe not the top. No, I, and I know. I'm just I'm trying to think of like ways that it can get screwy near like you know, near the top, no matter what. At 28. Like if if, there are if two Dalton Kincaid's on the board along with Mayer and they take Kincaid, no but like um, I don't think know, I, I would be. Surprised. I just would. I, I guess I kind of would be shocked if they were to pass him up. I yeah, I, I would be surprised. Shock might be too strong. Surprised would probably be the like word. I mean, players they like they like local ties. Yeah. they like they they they've shown a history of of that. Um, fits the offense. Uh, I think could play right away. Um, Duke Tobin kind of likes drafting tight ends. Uh, you know, it's like he's drafted two in the first round before. Um, I don't know, I'd be surprised. Yeah, yeah. Shocked is too strong a word because you know I, I, shocked, I don't okay, think surprised bordering on shocked. Yeah, unless they go. <laughs> unless so what are the levels crazy. of what are the levels of like 
like, I don't know what a stun then it's surprised then shocked. Like, sh- like shocked is, is like more jarring than surprise. Yes. Okay. Stunned, I think it's sort of like maybe in the middle. Oh, that, okay. So maybe, yeah, I think that that's a good way to phrase it. Cause like you said, tight ends are so hard to project in the NFL. You know, no, it, it's really, really difficult to do. I mean, you look at Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts hasn't really done a whole heck of a lot. Now I understand his situation is a little screwy down in Atlanta. You know, they've That's had unfair. some offensive problems. But you, we saw Atlanta play. That's really yeah, oh, Good Lord, that was a bad – that was bad. <laughs> that was just not a fun day uh, for Atlanta. Um, but, you know, I think Mayer to me is, is a very pro-ready tight end, uh, which you don't really get to say a lot. Um, you know, you're talking about a player who I think would come in and, and do really well. Um, just because I think he's ready for the NFL game now. Uh, but again, also, you don't really need him to be ready for the NFL game now. You know, if he gets drafted by, you know, I don't know, dart throw Dallas, you know, you hear a lot of rumors with Dallas and Mayer, uh, which is ironic because I think the comp for Mayer, honestly, is Jason Witten. Uh, everybody's kind of freaking out about Michael Mayer running a 4-7. But I, I watched Jason, Ritt, Jason Witten run a 9.2 40-yard dash for like 10 years. And that man was always open across the middle of the field. So um, I, I just think Mayer, it feels like every year we kind of overthink, and I'm saying we as in the collective, you know, NFL media, NFL fans, we always kind of overthink a few guys. And, uh, you know, I think Mayer's one of those guys this year where just everybody's kind of nitpicking something with him where he's really good. And I don't know. I just think that, you know, adding him to the offense would, would take uh, would take it to another level. Like if you could, I mean, you can you draft Michael Mayer round one, and if you draft Zach Charbonnet round two, like you're talking like like uh, you you want to put the over under a points. You're talking like probably like thirty one and a half. Like this team is going to put up points. Um, you know the offensive line will be better. You can make an argument the running back room will be better. You have a tight end room that'll you know probably be better. Actually, definitely be better with Herb Smith and Michael Mayer. It just you know the the Mayer pick would surprise me. Like. The only thing that would really surprise, like, st- what, what do we say? Shock me was shock. shock. Was that yeah, the, shock. yeah. The only yeah. thing that would really shock me would be receiver. Um, you know, it depends. Oh, in who, terms of like a position, like if they went in the first round. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I guess interior offensive line, but I don't really know, you know, I guess Cody mock, but I don't know, you know, if they're going to draft an interior, but like Darnell Wright's there. They take him over mayor. I'm not shocked. You know, I'd be if surprised. I'd be surprised. Interesting. Okay. Like, but you know, there's a pass rusher there with the, the McDonald. What was Will McDonald from Iowa Will State? Will McDonald, Iowa State. Yeah. Yeah. You take a pass rusher, linebacker. I'd be shocked. Uh, but Emmanuel Forbes, the DB, you take him. Safety, I'd be shocked. There, there's there's not a ton of positions where you'd be like, whoa, I can't believe they did that. Um, but yeah, was, Mayor, that's a long way of answering. One player where it like makes too much sense if he's available for him not to go to the Bengals. I feel like. Mayor? I can picture any mayor. I'm saying, yeah. It, you know, it's like he just seems like if he's there, it seems like kind of a perfect, a perfect, a potential perfect marriage. You know, you never know could could result in yeah. divorce. But um, you know, I, I just it, I don't know if he'll be there. You know, it's, he's trended downwards in mock drafts sort of over the last two weeks, um, but he's obviously been a projected first runner throughout the whole process. Um, so we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Um... Yeah, the mayor pick will be 
That'll be interesting. Um, you know, again, you, you can kind of make a case, I think, for him. You know, I've seen as high as the teens. You know, I, there seems to be a lot of Dalton Kincaid love going around now. Um, you know, in the in the middle in the middle of the first round, maybe that causes Mayer to fall. And I, I do think if Mayer's there, he's the pick. So uh, we'll have to see. Uh, I don't think Duke Tobin's going to tell us that tomorrow. If, uh, if if Michael Mayer's there, Duke at twenty eight, are you pulling the trigger? I don't think he's going to answer that question. But uh, you know, we're going to get some good stuff from him tomorrow. Uh, Muhammad Ahmad and I are going to break that down. Everything he said, everything he didn't say. Uh, it's going to be a good. It's going to be a good afternoon. We got one week until the draft. We're looking forward to it. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll uh, see you on the flippy flip. Yeah.